Christ, the dynamic living organism, the people who together with their unique gifts, talents, pursuits, passions, uh, join together to create something uh, dynamic that influences and attracts people and makes an impact in our communities. And you are invited to be a part of that. And you are invaluable. No one can do what God has called you to do. You are an original. You are not a copy. No one can offer this church what you can do. Only you can do that. So you are invaluable. Your value is without measure. Today we're talking about Instagram, he releases videos about him cooking and 
keeps the harvest from that. Your job is to be faithful. Your job is to either sow or to water and trust God with the increase. But don't underestimate the power of you spreading seed, the power of you watering what someone else has already planted. He says we work together for the same purpose. And look, check this out. He says both will be rewarded for their own hard work. So God will bless you. Conversation with somebody for 30 minutes on the phone, and that phone call, and feel like that went nowhere. But God is moving. It's the influence, and it's consequential. There's no such thing as something that's inconsequential in the kingdom of God. I want to begin to wrap up here by sharing with you just a short story of scripture of someone that you would think, man, this person would never have influence. Because I know some of you might be here and you might be saying, well, how could God use me this way? How could God work in my life? I mean, I'm a hot mess. I don't have it all together. I'm still trying to figure things out. I mean, God could never really use me to be an influence to anybody. No, I don't think that's true. We know from Scripture that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He uses the weak things of the world to Thank <laughs> you. 
Samaritan woman. And he has a conversation with her. So instantly you would say this is kind of awkward. This was tense. The conversation begins with Jesus asking her for a drink. A drink of water. So let's pick up here in verse 9. The Bible says this. The Bible says the woman was surprised. For Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Your people despise me. Your people hate me. Your people criticize me. Your people see me as someone who is less than human, no better than a dog. Jesus replied, Thank you. 
God's word should never be weaponized. But man, some people have made it an art form. The will to condemn people away from God. Jesus doesn't condemn this woman. He doesn't judge her. He validates her. He dignifies her. He respects her. Now listen, there's the truth, and the truth about love is a weapon. On the other side, if you just speak love and no truth, love with no truth is a lie. Love with no truth is a lie. To tell someone, hey man, God loves you, hey, you can keep doing what you're doing, yeah, cheat on your wife, do whatever you want to do, don't cheat people, berate people, mistreat people, you know, disrespect God, maybe he's only a, a holy, just, awesome, righteous God, but you know what? He'll forgive you and he'll, you know, he can just, you know what? He'll just love you back. That kind of love with no truth, that God is holy, that God is righteous, that God does not tolerate sin, is a lie. It's a lie. Now, God uh, will forgive you and God will accept you and God will wipe your sin clean. That's true. God doesn't want you to stay that way. He doesn't want you to stay stuck in your cycles of sin. God wants you to live a life that's pleasing to Him, where you come to know Him and to love Him and to serve Him. That means you you, uh, repent and return from your old ways of living and you change your life around. You don't mistreat me like God will not forgive you. God will forgive the worst of sinners. But it'll move you on to glory, glory, glory. Love without truth is a lie. Now, Jesus, His words woman, the respect that he's showing her, the love that he's speaking to her, the truth that he's communicating to her, begins to work in her heart, and she begins to be reminded of, of this Messiah that she had heard about, about this Savior that was coming to do something in, in the land, and how he would bring people back unto himself, and she begins to remember the Messiah, and she begins to think, could this be him? Because this guy is different. Could this be him? Jesus reveals, he says, I am he. I want you to notice what this woman does here with this information that she received. With the touch that she had received of Jesus. In John 4, 28, it says the woman left the water jar beside the well. Okay, she dropped everything that she was doing. You see, that water jar was a symbol of a woman who was too shameful to be around other people. Of a woman who past and whose reputation had so tarnished her, had so broken her, that she had to go to a well in the middle of the day where no one would see her, where no one would speak to her, where she would feel like, man, I'm not going to be attacked, I'm not going to be judged, I'm not going to be disregarded, no one's going to attack me here, because, you know, it's the hottest time of the day, and no one's at the well, so I'm going to take my jug and fill it there, this jug represented who this woman was, I want you to catch that detail, that this jug that she had taken there represented she was. What did she do once Jesus touched her heart? She left it there. 
Explain the theology. 
text message. It means tomorrow.